Welcome to Cracks in the Cement, where we dig into colonizer culture, the ways in which it surrounds us, how it got here, and where we want to go from here. Hi, welcome to Cracks in the Cement. This is Robin, your host. Um, Forgive me, but I am going to leave my slider open. It is September 2nd, and the weather is perfect here today, and the air smells really good. So I'm leaving my slider open, so hopefully not too many cars go by. Um, This is going to be a pretty quick um, episode. I basically, the purpose of this is just to give a little more background of who I am and why... Um, I focus on white supremacy culture or just kind of how I found myself here thanks to one of my friends who I know from doing other things who is basically like I mean I know you but I don't really know you you know as far as like why you do this work and just how it's kind of more settling to the nervous system maybe to know where somebody comes from especially a white-bodied person like me or maybe not a white-bodied person like me but like because I am a white-bodied person. Um, so I, th- I can't remember if I mentioned before, I was born and raised in Oregon. I am white-bodied. All of my family is white. I was raised with, um, from my dad's side, like settler culture, kind of blue-collared, own land kind of culture. And then my mom's side is a little more, um, how do I put that? Like, I mean, it's also settler colonizer culture, but a little more, um, not so Oregon, not a a little fancier or something like that. So for several years, I focused on climate change and human behavior, my backgrounds in research. And then, so that was my main work. And then on the side, I kind of dabbled in anti-racism work. So, but it was sort of like a side dish to my main dish, which was climate change stuff. And then I ended up quitting my research job and really started to notice how the research framing that I was inheriting, that I was kind of expected to use in order to, you know, like benchmark the past and see how things are changing, how they were completely from the perspective of the people with the most power. It's like white, cis, male, Christian kind of outlook like basically everybody else was other and that perspective of the white cis male was you know like the norm like the that which doesn't even need to be mentioned or ever questioned and my supervisor or my the ED just didn't see it as I did so I quit and just kind of did something really unlike myself and put money on my credit card to go do this one week intensive like basically inclusion training for people in education and so it was an 8 a.m to 4 p.m five days in a row just real intensive where it was race and ethnicity was definitely the top focus but it also just kind of got out in general like what was school like for you growing up and how does that impact how you show up for your students and um, you know like were you really good at PE and that was your real comfort zone and then how does that show up when you're working with students or maybe that's not their comfort zone or they're they have different physical abilities 
So it's looking at all different ways that teachers might include or exclude students, either consciously or unconsciously, but race was the primary focus. And so the participants, we were divided, we were kind of, there was sort of an equal distribution of amount of people who were, and you had to apply for it, so they controlled like who was there. Um, so it was people who identify as black, people identify as Latinx, people identify as white, and people who identify as Asian. So those were like the four categories. And then they had facilitators who were basically broken down by that same, those same subcategories. And then w- they just asked a lot of questions, like they called them probing questions to kind of help people kind of pull out their their unconscious kind of ways of thinking and and so anyway it was a very intense powerful experience and then but oddly enough the most powerful experience was one morning we came in and they had all these the organizers had posted all of these quotes on it was at a school so like in the hallway on these lockers and they were spread out kind of like walking around an art museum or something. So you could take time and read a quote, ponder it, stay with one quote if you wanted, walk around. There was no like f- official format, but just to observe, look at these quotes, soak them in, think about them. So um, the only part I really remember is the Lilla Watson quote, which most of you have probably heard of at this time, have already heard. I had not heard of it at this time. And I wrote it down here to make sure I get it right. Um, so it's, and this is Lilla Watson, L-I-L-L-A, Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N. So her quote is, if you have come here to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. And so that quote, I was just staring at it. And one of the facilitators, one of the black facilitators was standing there with me. And I was just like, man, I just don't get this. You know, like I just... I couldn't help but see it as literally I see it as like a line. I saw it as like this line and as a white bodied person I was on that side and any person who's not deemed white is on the other side because I'm told I'd really absorbed you know that I have white privilege and it's all these you know I'm the one that has everything good and anybody who's a person of color has you know things are bad and so I'm like how can it not be that I'm helping if I have all the good things also, I should say that um, the facilitators noticed my perfectionism and my really wanting to like do everything right. So it was sort of a double, a double action that I did, which was we were given homework to do that night. Every night we were given homework. And for that particular night, the night after that quote, I was like, I'm not going to do the homework. Like I need to trust myself that for me right now that quote is where it's at and truth be told I don't remember any of the homework any of the nights but I remember that one night where I was like no there's something about this quote I want to figure this out and so I just sat up with that quote and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and then it was like boom I, I, I like to call it the unraveling it fully unraveled for me white supremacy as a as a an entity as a force was what was behind climate change and the grip on my uterus you know of the people 
who get to decide, you know, what we do with our bodies. Um, paternalism, sexism, um, heteronormative brainwashing, you know, all of these things, all of these things that I saw as separate challenges, I was just like, holy shit, it's all the same fucking thing. It just unraveled, everything unraveled. And um, that was the pivotal, that was a huge pivotal point for me as far as I had just quit my research job focusing on climate change and thinking that anti-racism and becoming aware of my whiteness was a separate thing and then just realizing it was all tied in together. And I'd also like, I could feel it on my body, the entity of white supremacy. I could feel it clamping at my throat saying, you don't get to speak because you're deemed a girl or a woman or um, you have to dress this way. You have to identify this way. I could just feel it in my body like grabbing at me or holding on to me and I at that point especially I was really stuck in my head so the fact that I felt that my body was a big deal so that was kind of the first step of like okay we're not gonna shift anything if we don't become aware of the entity of white supremacy and all the places it lives and then the next step after that, so then I became really focused on, okay, white people are my people. You know, I need to work on myself and I need to do, do this work with other white people. Um, and then that's where I met my buddy Drea, or some of you know, we started Rise Up Rooted and really started, fo well, it was through Calc. We first started doing it at Community Alliance for Lane County. Um, and then my next step was realizing that I was, totally locked in my head like not totally but pretty much this I noticed how much this was a cognitive process for me and I came to understand as I watched all these white people including myself attempting to memorize basically a list of do this don't do that which is impossible and and the and becoming more doing this work with my buddy Dre and becoming more aware that we need to be able to feel into other people and to um, get into our bodies so that it was a really crucial aspect of this work and shifting away from white supremacy culture and not making it such a action-oriented got to do this, got to do this, got to do that, um, chasing the tail of trying to be this myth of a good white person. And then that got me on the path of starting to kind of, and thanks to my buddy Drea, like starting to kind of open myself up to looking at astrology, looking at um, near-death experience stories. And um, it was really astrology was the first little like toe in the door of like, huh, maybe it doesn't make me a like an unworthy or unintelligent person if I look at astrology and not being so afraid of looking at other non-Western scientific perspectives. And then a friend of mine who has given me permission to share some of how they see the world, keeping their name anonymous, a friend of mine who I saw as a super, super down to earth, really grounded, like, hey, how's it going? I mean, I don't know how to describe this person. 
like I mean they work with spreadsheets and I just saw them as being I, I saw them as being um, just very grounded in the three-dimensional and they shared with me that they have kin uh, synesthesia where their sensory perception where their perception like like the basic senses are like flip-flop sort of or like flips so in other words and different people have synesthesia can experience differently for them they see sounds and so they have they can't drive while they listen to the radio because it'll interfere with their their being able to see what's in front of them and what comes along with that is they can see spirits so they can see the spirit light coming off of a tree and they can see as a person standing there um, people who have passed to the other side who are still uh, in relationship with humans that they experienced this lifetime with and that just really blew me away because I just saw them as being such a like number spreadsheet person like me and that that's how they they saw the world and to them it's super basic they've always been able to see it they don't have to work for it they don't meditate it's just a vision difference their synesthesia enables them to see these vibrations that most of us can't see so that really got me started to open me up to whoa you know that i need to get out of my head i i want to be open to other vibrations dimensions um, to just get out of the scientific, very limiting um, perception of the world that I have been trained into interpreting things. Um, so I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I started off looking at climate change with a side dish of anti-racism and whiteness awareness. That transformed into whoa, white supremacy is an entity that is embedded in so much. And if we don't unhook and untangle that, we're just going to keep treading water with any social justice movement or just how to be a decent human. Um, and then that opened me up to creating a daily practice of connecting to that which I cannot see, that which is not quantitative, which just is amazing. So that is sort of a brief, well, hopefully that was brief, sort of a summary of how I came to focus on this work. So for the next episode, which I'm hoping I might actually work on in the next couple of days, I really want to bring in a lot of your wonderful shares. Uh, so until then, uh, I just, if you have any, anything on your mind, I just love, I love hearing it and it really inspires me to, um, think about next episodes and, um, and I've also just really been appreciating getting in contact. Some of you all have reached out to me and I haven't heard from you in a long time. It just is, it's really beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And, um, until next time, be well. Mm -hmm.